episode 154. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci. Welcome to my living room. Welcome to New York, baby. I'm laughing because just five seconds ago, Elmo's barking, going crazy in the background. And I'm thinking, how many other people, how many other podcasts do you listen to that you have animals in the background? A whole array of real sound effects. You know what? I should have called this Welcome to the Family. Honestly, we should have a name change, but I can't change the name. We've changed. We've changed it too many times. Anyway, mm, have to have a sip of coffee. Jello, fact of the day, Jello. Jello was invented in 1897. 1897. That's how long that delicious jelly good, jiggly jelly goodness has been around. Pearl Bixby Waite. She was the inventor of Jello. Okay. And by the by, was she a woman? Did was Jello invented by a woman in 1897? I, I think I need to hear more about that story. Okay, I don't know more about it for you. I know that Jello is actually the state dessert in Utah. Is that not crazy? The state of Utah, it's considered the state dessert. They actually have pins. Like if they host state events, they have little pins and the the symbol, the logo on it is a bowl of green Jello cubes. I swear to God, true story. The official state food of Utah. Somebody said to me, the reason why it's the official state food is because of the Mormon families, because they have so many family members, and Jello is an easy thing to serve all of these family members. I, I was like, I don't know, that sounds a little like stereotyping to me, you know? They said, well, it's fast, it's easy, it's filling. I, excuse me, filling? Can you tell me the last time you had a bowl of Jello and were like, wow, I'm really full from this? My God, I've been eating Jello and sugar-free, sugar-free Jello and sugar-free whipped cream on my diet. You know, I've told you I'm a big couch eater. I love to eat snacks on the couch. I love nothing more than at the end of the night, oh, take a bath, a shower, whatever. Put on my nightgown, my robe, make myself a platter of snacks, and come and just eat the whole entire thing. And you know, in front of the TV, but. There's not much I'm eating, so I, I can eat, I should say, snack food. So, mm, Jell-O has been one of them. And I wasn't, I haven't been making the Jell-O out of the little box. I should, it's more economical, but just for sanity purposes, I've been buying the pack of four Jell-O. I've been eating like three, three of the little Jell-O, you know, individual sizes in one sitting. I'm bloated. No wonder why. Okay. This is, please. Anyway, apparently the name Jell-O, it comes from the fact that gel, the gel in the Jell-O is from, because it's made out of gelatin, you know? Anyway, I, 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 it's a perfect diner food. Jell-O, rice pudding, chocolate pudding with a little whip, right? Ugh, best, best diner dessert. Mm. That and, and cheesecake. That and cheesecake, but I don't, I, I can't, I can't go into a tangent on the diner and things I like to get at the diner because just a couple months ago, I would go to the diner and get my usual, a tuna melt, okay? And here's my mother, you put in cheese on fish, that's disgusting, that's sacrilege. It's like, all right, I like it, ma. I love rye. I, I, so, okay, I said I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk about the things I like at the diner. And here I go, I love rye, like rye toast with, with tuna fish. 
and then, you know, like a slice of American cheese, and then, you know, they put it under the broiler, and it gets like a little crispy. Oh, oh my God. Anyway, I, and, but that was, that was what I thought was healthy. Can you imagine? I went out to lunch with my manager. Um, how showbiz is that, baby? I love that. Oh, me and my manager, we, had, we went out to lunch a few months ago, and he said, what are you getting? First of all, he said, wherever you want to go, you tell me. Anywhere you want to go, we're going. I said, anywhere? He said, yeah, any 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 restaurant in Manhattan. And I was like, eh, I'll, I'll go to the diner by my house. <laughs> but we went, and I got the tuna melt. And he's like, really, Elise? Like, not a salad? And this is where you decided to go? I said, I'm just a regular lady. What could I say? I'm just a regular girl. But I'm not going back to that diner because I told you it was Gracie Muse on the Upper East Side and I got violent food poisoning like the time after I went with my manager. Um, I can't, I, it's banned for right now. It's banned. So so I'm on the hunt for more good diners. I did find a couple. City Diner on the Upper West Side is really good. If you're in Manhattan, City Diner, it's on like Broadway and 90th. When I say really good, the only thing I've had there to date is coffee and eggs and toast. So take that with a grain of salt. I haven't tried their regular menu. Actually, actually Viand on the Upper West Side is also really good. I, I saw a fan there. She was a crazy nut. She was banging on the glass. I loved it, though. You know, I love She's like, Elise, hi. But they have a salad there that I like. And the chicken, you know, the chicken that you get at the diner is a really good barometer for if the diner is quality or not. Because, you know, sometimes you go to a diner and they give you a piece of chicken and it's it's like bouncy chicken and there's all kinds of frizzles on it. And you're like, what is this? I'm not eating this. This looks like degrade chicken. This looks like manager's special chicken. You know what I'm saying? But Viand Diner has delicious chicken salad. Um, they make the salad with dill and feta and cucumbers and kalamata olives. You know, it's a diner. It's like a Greek salad with grilled, <laughs> with grilled chicken. And I get the tzatziki on the side, you know? And I mix the tzatziki with a little olive oil, you know? And I make like my own little dressing with it. Ah, it's so good. It's so good. Mm. You know, the tooth didn't like diners. And for you new listeners, if we have new listeners this week, the tooth, my British ex-husband, he couldn't wrap his head around the diner culture in America. He just couldn't do it. He was like, oh, I don't understand, lovely. We're just going to go to this restaurant and there's going to be a smorgasbord of any foods in the world and they're just going to serve it to you in one institution. And I was like, yeah, it's an effing diner. Like, why? Like, like, I like that. I want the selection. I like the variety. And if it's super quality, then, you know, it's I'm I'm a patron for life. The problem is, is there's not a lot of good diners anymore. So keep me posted on that. TV talk, TV talk. Watched a couple of really good shows, okay? Air, have you seen Air? On, um, was it on, is it on, uh, it's on Netflix or Amazon? Google it. Ben Affleck directed it. It has a fabulous cast. It's Ben Affleck. Matt Damon, of course, Jason Bateman, Marlon Wayans, uh, Chris Tucker, hilarious, Viola Davis, I love her. And the story is amazing. It's about um, 
the famous sports marketing executive, Sonny Vaccaro, and how he led Nike, the sneaker brand, into greatness by contracting a new player to represent a sneaker, Michael Jordan, and they launched Air Jordan. So it's basically the story of Air Jordan, how Air Jordan came about, how they got Michael Jordan to sign with Nike. Michael Jordan was going with Reebok. Um, was it Reebok? Yeah, it was it was Reebok, right? Or was it Puma? I don't know. It one of the, another one. I think it was Reebok. And um and it was his parents that were really the ones that were like, No, you should you should go with Nike and they negotiate they helped Michael Jordan negotiate the deal that he got from the sneakers and even to this day the deal still stands like every air jordan that is sold michael jordan gets a piece of every single sneaker sale i think he gets something like wait wait for it something in the 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 realm of like 400 million dollars a year just from the sale of air jordans could you die I mean, like, come on. Like, forget anything else he does. Speaking engagements, endorsements, coaching, whatever he does. That That's the money from that. Oh, my God. You can't, you can't even fathom that kind of money, right? You can't even fathom it. And, you know, that when you make that kind of money, I can, again, like, who, who am I to talk about this? But when you're making that, your money's making money. You're living on your interest. I mean, look, you could be living on your interest if you got $5 million in your bank, okay? I mean, there's ways to do that. But if you that kind of forget generational wealth you got you got neighborhood zip code wealth okay you could take care you could take care of everybody mm. the other show i saw american nightmare if you like uh you know nightmare horror docs crime re- true crime it got 96 percent on rotten tomatoes it's on netflix it it it's the most f i'm not gonna ruin it for you but it's just an effed up kidnapping series what i love about it three episodes you're in it's a one night binge it keeps you on the edge of your seat the guy who did or didn't do the kidnapping because you know it's all over the place the whole three episodes you're like did he actually do this is this really happening are these people making this up what's going on here the person the the the, the person who orchestrated it the guy is an absolute insane person just an insane an insane person um but it was so good it was so good and and you know chris doesn't like my boyfriend he doesn't like those kind of shows so it's annoying i'm always watching them by myself i'm like how do you not want to watch a crime doc like don't you want to watch a crime doc to be prepared like just in case something happens we need to know what to do you know no he's not interested I, I, I like to see it all. I want to see. The one thing I can't really watch is gory stuff. Like, I don't like a lot of violence. Contrary to what people may think I like, I don't like a lot of mob movies. I didn't grow up watching them. I was actually not allowed to watch them. I don't like a lot of them. I don't like the shooting. I don't like fighting. I don't like killing. I don't want to see that kind of thing. But I want to see the effed up psychopaths in the world so I could keep both eyes wide open everywhere I walk just in case you never know. 
That's that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. He he. This guy. He's rather. He rather be turned off to it. He rather be pretend it doesn't exist. You want to go around pretending this kind of stuff doesn't exist in the world? All right. I'll okay. Okay. You you do that. I'll be prepared. I'm somebody that gets had. I'm somebody I keep mace on my keychain just to just so you know what kind of person I am. <laughs> the other one I watched that was so good. Dion Warwick, Don't Make Me Over on Amazon Prime. Just biography, documentary about Dion Warwick. Absolutely amazing. You know Dion, she's Whitney's first cousin. I am Whitney Houston's huge fan. Um, I also love, I mean, come on. That's what Friends were for. I mean, all of Dion Warwick's songs are so great. But what I loved about the documentary is, one, she's a real tough broad. She really... You know, she said to the executives what she was going to do. and what, what Elmo, mommy's on the phone. I'm on the phone. I'm talking about something intense. Quiet. Or I'm going to put this thing on you. Stop it. She told the record executives, you know, what she was going to do, how she was going to get paid. You know, she, she really didn't mess around Dion Warwick. Um, but one thing that you'll love in this documentary is she was so offended when what she air quotes gangster rap it's very cute to hear her say that in the 90s you know snoop dogg suge knight tupac they all came out she was so offended by the lyrics and she felt like she paved the way for african-americans in the music business and she was one of the leaders in that you know space and she was just like i i don't like these gangster rappers with their horrible lyrics putting women down and good for you dion so wait you'll die she calls these guys up or has her people call their people and she says I want Tupac, Suge Knight and Snoop Dogg to come to my house and I want to sit them down like their auntie and I want to talk to them about their lyrics. Now can you imagine this? Dion Warwick, this this was in the 90s, she doesn't know these people. She just hears their songs on the radio. She She knows about them. She's reading about them in the magazines. And she likes that they're artists, but she is so vehemently against what they're saying and how they're portraying the people. So she tells the guys she wants them at her house at 7 in the morning. And Snoop Dogg, you know, it's like flash screen, split screen, whatever, to Snoop Dogg. And he's being interviewed. And he's like, he's like, I was raised by strong black women. Dionne Warwick, I look up to. She paved the way for us. He was like, I'm not going to show up at 7 o'clock. I got there at 6.52. He's like, and we walk into her house, and she has juice out and donuts and breakfast, and she sits us down in her living room, and she's like, now I want you to call me a bitch to my face. And Snoop Dogg's like, why, why would I do that? And she's like, well, you're fine to say it about women on, on, your, on your songs. I want you to do it to my face. And they refuse to do it. And she spent this morning talking to them about why, you know, they can't talk about women like that and blah, blah, blah. And they changed their lyrics. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't know, like Suge Knight, Tupac, they're not alive, but Snoop Dogg said, he said it was so impactful, the conversation that she had with him. And uh, he said he, he, he changed. He still talked about the dirty things that he talked about, but he just didn't put down women. And she really offered a different perspective for him. And I just thought, that's that's like, that's when you know you care, right? That's when you know somebody really cares, cares about 
the larger picture in the world. I I I like that. I loved that. That was the that was my favorite part in the whole movie. Mm. So I went to visit my aunt the other night in Tribeca, and I stopped at Target, you know, Target, aka Target, because I needed to have a quick inventory scan of the women's clothes. Everybody's wearing cargo pants. Like, what's what's going on there? Everybody's wearing cargos, I, and I feel like. There's two types of cargo pant wearers right now. In 2024, two types of cargo pant wearers. The first kind are people, that is women, that are still wearing them from 2008. And they're like, oh, I got my cropped cargo pants on and my, my wedges for the summer, you know? And then there's people like me that are like, Ugh, cargo pants, like pockets on your thighs that are going to add extra thickness. What? No. <laughs> Like, the extra pocket, useful for a busy mom, adding extra thickness to the leg, girth, no thank you. <laughs> um, They did have cute cargo pants there. They had, like, I think the brand was, like, American Threads, and they were, like, 30 bucks, and they had, like, they were, like, green, black, pink, like, a cream color. And I feel like if, you, if you're going to buy something super trendy, like that, I mean, even though we all know what they look like on... Why would you spend, you know? Why would you spend? I did get a pair of camouflage cargo pants from Fashion Nova. Look at me, shopping like a tween. I had a credit there because I bought my daughter's stuff from Fashion Nova. And by the by, they don't give you your money back. So if you buy something from Fashion Nova and it doesn't fit, and why would you know if it fits? The sizing charts are all weird with those strange, you know, brands from Asia and no nothing against brands out of Asia but it's like those their bodies the women's bodies are different they're 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 smaller they're not as curvy I mean I'm sorry like I'm walking around with like D boobs tell me the last time I saw an Asian girl with D boobs I mean really so anyway I bought whatever I bought for the girls fashion Nova I think I bought a couple of things for me in that order for my birthday and stuff arrived it, it fit nobody I went to return it and they were like sorry we don't give you your money back only a credit I how how could you do that and there's no one to call there's no there's no phone number there's no customer service so I have this $200 credit in my email from Fashion Nova and I am like, all right, let me let me buy cargo pants. Let me try cargo pants. So I bought them in a medium. They came. They're fine. They're nothing amazing. The quality's not terrible, to be honest. Um, they'll probably fall apart in the wash, but you know that's that's whatever. I um. They're they're they're, they're cute. I I wore them in a video. You could see them. I feel like I was, you know, like um, left eye, from the, what's the group. Oh my God, I don't want, TLC. I was just going to start to sing, I don't want no scrubs. Can you die? This is when you lose your mind. And why did I say left eye? She passed away. That's horrible. That's horrible. Couldn't I have said somebody else? <laughs> By the way, so I was having a conversation with a comedian friend of mine, and she was like, Elise, I don't think that you should be talking about weight and dieting on stage, okay? She's like, the world right now is very body positive. It's not like trendy anymore. It's not in vogue. It's not topical to be saying, to be a woman and standing on stage and saying, I'm on a diet, I'm at the gym, I'm trying to lose weight. 
And I said to my friend, you know what? Good. Thank God the world's not like that anymore. Thank God it's not like that. Thank God nobody has to grow up like I grew up. My grandmother, all she did, she would say, well, not all she did. She's like, my Elmo, you stop it. When I was growing up, my grandmother, she would be like, you're going to eat that. You're going to have a fourth rainbow cookie. When I was your age, all I ate was coffee and a pickle. Like, it, it, you know, I was thin when I was growing up, by the by. And I was thin. I didn't even have a weight issue. I didn't deal with any body dysmorphia or whatever. I was a thin, skinny, blank kid. And that's the stuff that she would say to me. But that was the environment that I grew up in. You know, that was that was then. And my mother, oh, my mother, forget it. She she was obsessed with her weight. My mother, my mother was constantly on a diet. And I'm not talking about how I'm like doing keto, you know, like, and I talk about it because the reason why I'm doing keto, well, yes, it's because I need my pants to fit, particularly when I go on stage. But it's also because I have like an addiction. Like I can't have one slice of pizza. I have six. I can't have uh, a, I was going to say half a loaf of bread. I can't, <laughs> I can't have two pieces of Italian bread. I have a loaf. Like I have an addiction. So I genuinely need to just eat less carbs. That's why I really do keto, you know? The pants that fit, I mean, that's an added bonus, but I could always buy bigger pants. But my mom, when I was growing up, oh my God, she hated her body. She just always hated her body. My mother, she's a sister and her brother, my aunt, my auntie, my mom's sister. We call her auntie because she lived in London when I was born by the by but she was always super thin and my mom was chubby and she's probably if she heard this by the way she would be like oh how dare you how dare you but she was she was obsessed she was obsessed with her weight and actually actually when I was in high school she got you know a little work done um and you know that was not a thing then that was like not a thing the only work that people got done back then you know in the 90s it was like because there was no real housewives then it was like if you were a Baywatch babe and you got the boobs maybe I had friends that like convinced their parents to get them nose jobs you know um or maybe you know you or 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 I guess it was people like my mother that you know was so unhappy that they had to feel like they had to do something to their body like a little a little a little something um, but you know, I mean, I, 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 good. I'm glad, I am glad the world isn't body, is, is more body positive these days. So people don't have to grow up like that, but I am a product of my environment. And as a comedian, my job is to go on stage and yes, make people laugh, but give you a glimpse into my world. And when I'm on stage and my pants don't effing zip up and I'm covering them with a giant top, I might tell you the bit about how I'm in the gym. <laughs> anyway, so I bought these jeans on Amazon. I got to tell you the brand. It's the, write it down, get a pen because it's, it's a ridiculous brand. You can't even pronounce it. It's P L. N O T M E, and the the style it's women's high waisted jeans, boyfriend baggy straight leg casual denim pants, whatever. Forty six dollars. I didn't pay forty six dollars. I got them for thirty on sale. Just so you know. 
My girlfriend Denise was telling me that I need to start wearing wide leg jeans. All right, Denise. I like palazzo pants. I'm not, no hate, no hate. I love palazzo pants. Love, love them with the heel. But wide legs with flats, like what? Like I don't really love the look. And of course she's going to tell me to do that because she's a skinny little min pin on the top. You know, I'm not. I wear wide leg jeans. By the way, I'm just as I go on a rant about body positivity, I'm right back talking about weight. No, this isn't about weight. This is about, this is about that why I'm not so comfortable wearing wide leg jeans with flats and having a big chest and arms bingo wings. You know what bingo wings are when you're in bingo and you say, I won, I won, and you got the arm fat flapping in the wind? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so Denise, good. You could wear your wide leg jeans and your flats because you're a min pin on top. But me, I I have a lot of skin and lumps and bumps, but I'm trying. So she sent me these jeans that she liked by this weirdo brand, Platome, whatever. And um, I got, the, not the ones that she sent me. I found another one, these. I got to tell you, not bad. They weren't total wide leg, Right. But they were like boyfriend jeans, but they weren't the boyfriend jeans that are like super baggy, you know, like all around. They weren't actually baggy at all. I'm 5'4", so they, they kind of just like hit the floor. And they were like a thinnish wide leg. But here's the thing. They were high-waisted, and they didn't feel like you were wearing a diaper. And they had a lot of stretch. A lot of stretch. Stretch. <laughs> the only... And, and I've been wearing them, by the way. So... I've been wearing them. I got them in a light blue color. They're cute. One small, small problem you need to watch out for. They stunk. Stunk. Reeked like holy hell. Oh my God. I don't know what the F it is. What it is with some of these things. Clothes, these clothing items from Amazon. What is it with these clothing items from Amazon? You open up the bag and it stinks. I googled it. Someone said, oh, it's because they use formaldehyde in the clothing. Formaldehyde? Isn't that what you use to embalm the dead bodies? Why are you putting formaldehyde in jeans? <sighs> so, of course, I had to turn Google inside out and I had to find out how to get the stink out of jeans and I'm sharing it with you, is turn your jeans inside out, one cup of white vinegar, and cold water. Like one cup of white vinegar to a gallon of cold water. And let them soak for a few hours. Rinse with, rinse with cool water. And you can also add in some OxyClean. Like, whatever. I didn't even do it yet. I didn't even do it yet. I have to do it. So basically, I have formaldehyde stinking jeans in in my hamper all my other clothes are probably poisoned now oh what am i gonna do <laughs> and you know because because i'm impulsive jeans came of course i look at my closet i'm like ah, i have nothing to wear i gotta wear my new jeans and i put the new jeans on and i'm walking around and and i'm getting like a waft of 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 factory jean stink on the subway and i'm like i'm probably i'm probably i'm 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 disintegrating as I speak. I'm, I'm, I'm killing myself. <laughs> what are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> okay. 
I think that might be enough. <laughs> Entenmann's product of the day. Entenmann sent me. So sweet. Not an ad. Um, I'll tell you when I have an ad. I'll tell you when I get paid for something. Because I want to. Because I'm going to be so proud of it. That's why. Uh, but no, they sent me their new product. Brownie Drizzle Drops. They are delightful. They're delightful. They sent me two kinds. One, it's like a mini brownie. The size of like a Chewy Chips Ahoy. One is filled with caramel. I didn't love that one so much. The other one was just like a solid brownie filled with chocolate. Delish. Delish. Of course I had a bite. What am I not going to do? What am I going to do? Not have a bite? All right. It ruined keto. Might ruin my ketosis for the day, but that's fine. You know, I actually, I'm probably on filthy keto by now. Filthy keto. Because, you know, there's keto and dirty keto. I'm on filthy keto. You only live once, people. Okay. I found this quote online. I, it just like pops out at me. I don't know who said it. I think it's so amazing. And I think social media really uh, puts the stamp on this. Listen to this. Your story can be part of somebody else's survival guide. That's why it's good to talk about things and to share. Sometimes, well, my family is very upset that I talk about all the mishigas around. And they can relax because I really don't talk about all the crazy stuff. If I did, then they'd really ban me. But you never know when listening to somebody else and all their stuff is going to impact somebody else, you know? Anyway, I'm Elise DeLucci. This is New York Talk, episode 154. Thank you for listening. By the way... I redid my website. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And I'm also in the process of redoing YouTube and a few other things. So I love to love you and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.